0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hi everyone! Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. I'm Kara Cooper. And I'm Jessica Rush. And today, our guest made history as not only the first BIPOC
2: woman, but also the first mother to play the role of Jenna and Waitress on Broadway. You may also know her as Jane on The Affair. And most recently, she and her husband, Leslie Odom Jr., who you might know from a little show called Hamilton, filmed and debuted Love
1: in the Time of Corona. We had such a great time talking to her, and we know you're going to love our conversation. Here's our episode with Nicolette Robinson.
2: Nicolette, hello. Awesome. Thank you so Hi. much for joining us. <laughs>
0: Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here in our little makeshift dressing room Zoom yeah. <laughs> situation. Exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. Making the most of 2020 all the ways we can. We're going to barrel through, you guys. We're going to make it to January 1. I
0: promise. We can do it.
2: Yes, for sure. <laughs> um, Nicolette, we uh, the first thing we always do is ask um, our guests about their child or their children or their daughter. So will you tell us, because, you know, we don't often get asked that, I think, as working mothers in this business, but will you tell us a little bit about Lucille?
0: Yeah, I will. She is, um, well, Lucille, she's our first and only child at the moment. And um, uh, she's three years old. She'll actually be three and a half this month.
2: I love that age. Um, It's like my favorite I love that age. So,
0: yeah. such magic. So, so many milestones and so much um, uh, adorableness at the same time and some challenges as well. <laughs> but, um, ooh. a but three um, nature.
2: You got a three nature. Oh,
0: <laughs> full on three nature, full on. <laughs> It's amazing the things that come out of her mouth. Mouth, but she's um she's so brilliant. She's I mean, and I, I'm sure every parent says that about their kids. And maybe it's also just this the nature of this time where we're spending so much time with her, way more time than we normally would. But I mean, I'm I'm really amazed each day at the the things that come out of her mouth and the things that she is capable of understanding and communicating. Um, she loves. <laughs> She loves performance. She loves, you know, all elements of that. She loves music and dance and reading books and telling stories and all of that. She's definitely got that in her in her jeans mm-hmm. I guess in the, blood, um, honey, in the blood in the blood mm-hmm. we um Les my husband calls her Dr. Lucy just basically trying to <laughs> nudge the, the <laughs> doctor
2: <laughs> like, like subconscious just sort of like yeah, put in there a little bit. yeah
0: you don't need to do this stuff you're a doctor so you know you'll deliver babies one day <laughs> that's, that's the thing um and I mean she's so intelligent we I'm sure she could do anything that she wants to do when she's grown up but she definitely um we'll see we'll see what she kind of leans towards but she definitely loves you know the arts as well um it's so
2: interesting like elliot my daughter is six and mm. she wanted to be a pediatrician for the longest time when she was that age like she knew all the (sighs) terms and she loved and she would say if anyone asks, i want to be a pediatrician when i grow up and in the last like (laughs) in the last like six (laughs) months Uh uh-oh the doctor part has gone away, and now she is like putting on concerts and doing her makeup <laughs> and dancing. And oh my God! So now we have to we have to bring her back to the other side. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: absolutely. She's I mean Lucy's the same way. We call her Lucy or Lucille sometimes, but um, uh, she's she's all into the dress up and the makeup and the and the we got her. My sister last Christmas got her um. Kids' nail polish that just you know peels yeah. right off and has all the princesses on them and stuff and uh, the Disney princesses and so now she's you know the 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 Aries and the the controlling part of me that wants everything to stay clean and and nice just was really <laughs> nervous about this but she she got them she got a hold of them and she keeps them in her own little box and she pulls it out whenever she feels like it and paints her nails herself. So she'll go into her room three years old and just come out, you know, with messy nails. She's getting better at it, I will say.
1: <laughs> practice makes <laughs> perfect. Oh, yeah. But I that's definitely... fine motor practice. Like she's doing, Yeah. As for like, like an occupational therapy point of view, that's really good, strong, fine motor skills being it's able good to paint t- your own nails. That's
0: true. And she's gotten better at it. And I've just released the fact that I'll probably find some in the carpet and you know all over the place. But she just loves doing it, and she's so proud of herself. She's, Mama, look! Mm. Okay, <laughs> um, but yeah, so she just loves all that stuff. I have to, I've had to designate a rule of of staying away from my vanity table with my makeup because she'll just, uh, I'll find it on the curtains and. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: That's why Wait. eventually I literally went and got like a whole batch of just wet and wild makeup for Elliot. Uh, and got her, her own thing because she would go in and use and get into my makeup mm-hmm. without my knowledge. And I would come <laughs> in and the blush would be in pieces and things would just be, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. no, 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 we're not, <laughs> this costs too much money. We're not doing exactly. that. <laughs> oh, Let's go to target. Um, yeah. so it sounds like though, but I was reading that um, you grew up in a performing family. So it sounds like, you know, it's natural. I was the same way. Both my parents were actors. My dad was a high school theater teacher. So oh, wow. I think, yeah, I mean, growing up, it sounds like she's just, you know, following along with the next generation.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I it was something I loved so much about my childhood. I mean, my, my dad, both of my parents started as performers and actors and singers and um you know they met in their high school theater department at Fairfax High School in in LA and um and then they kind of you know their careers took different different curves and all that but my mom was a choreographer since I was you know before I was born and she she also ended up teaching at my high school she taught at my high school that I ended up going to but she was a high school dance teacher and and did all the theater all the musicals at that high school and so um and she also you know choreographed different regional theater theaters in LA and community theater and <laughs> at the Jewish community center and all those things so i used to just grow up sitting leaning against the mirror and watching the rehearsals and um it was just it was one of my favorite things to do just come and sit and and sometimes it was a drag cuz you know my mom that was her job. I mean, her, she was first a mom before she was anything else. And she kind of made her way back into choreographing, but she, you know, always took us with her and we would just have to come to the rehearsals and sit quietly in the corner and, um, or in the front of the room and watch the rehearsals. And I just ended up, you know, loving it so much.
2: Yeah. I always, Mm -hmm. Kara's heard me or people who've listened to these episodes have heard, I've, I've said very similar thing that like, I have these memories of of laying on a pallet in the back of a theater, like hearing them rehearse or tech a mm. show or something. And it's so soothing. It's so comforting to me, you know? And oh, so it's, yeah. it was fascinating when I was reading about your upbringing, I thought, oh my gosh, it sounds like it's very similar. Totally. <laughs> it like it's super special, it's right?
1: It's to being brought up in a family of performers or artists in any way, right? Yeah. I mean, like, nightly, we are every night we sing and dance. We have a sing and dance party every night. And we have (laughs) people who have been in our house and they're like, we don't like, not everybody does this. And it's never really (laughs) crossed my mind that not everybody does that. Do you know what I mean? It's just kind of, it's who we are and it's who our kids are going to be. And it's just, and I love that about it. You know, They would never question just being able to express themselves in that way.
0: Absolutely. There's not, and there's not fear around it and it's, it's just joy that's associated with it as opposed to, you know, yeah. feeling self-conscious or anything like that. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
0: mean, I, I, I mix it. Sometimes we, you know, there's the downsides of being, you know, at least for this, it's a different level of, um, the industry that, that Lucy is growing up with than, than I grew up with, you know, (laughs) the Jewish community center versus the Kennedy center
2: or something like that, (laughs) Right. It's a little different.
0: Yeah. And so, um, you know, there's definitely the downsides, you know, in normal days. I mean, this, this moment that we're in as a nation, as a, as a world is so, so unique that, um, you know, I was, I've been saying that, Les and I are home more than we've ever been, and he's he's been home more than I think he's been for her entire childhood so far. You know, just to be here every night and to have dinner together and to put put her to bed together and just to be here it's um it's so different. So there, you know, the downsides are that you know there's a lot of travel involved and a lot of you know just missing daily moments. Um, but when I'm holding her at his you know, at Leslie's concert or we're like going to a huge event that I don't know, there's just um, when I get to bring her on the Broadway stage, when she came to visit me and the first Broadway musical she ever gets to see is, you know, the first 30 minutes of waitress on Broadway. It's, you know, there's those things that make me really proud and, and grateful and um, you know, know that it's a a unique experience for her. So that's
1: (laughs) done. Absolutely, when she can turn on Disney Plus and you know <laughs> right. see her dad, <laughs> right, right. I mean, there, there's some there's some perks to it. For sure. <laughs> totally, totally. We kind of want to talk to you. You're you're one of the youngest mothers we've actually spoken to on this podcast because mm. typically in our industry, women wait a little bit to have yeah. a kid because they feel like they might be sacrificing part of their youth um mm-hmm. if they have a kid too early you know you're so focused on career so how did that play in when you you've been with Leslie for a while did was that always part of your plan to have kids <laughs> early how did that play into your i don't know your your vision of your career and your path to motherhood
0: yeah i'm i mean it's all been Step by step. It's really, I mean, and from, from when we started dating, that was kind of the, the thing that helped us, you know, uh, get th- get through. We've been together now for 12 years. We started dating when I was 20 years old. Les was 27. And um, so I think to kind of halt the fear and anxiety that comes with, you know, starting a serious relationship and also for him starting with, with a, such a young woman. And, um, and we also just kind of fell pretty fast. And so, you know, there's always that piece in the back of your mind that's like, what am I doing? Is this, does this mean this is going to be forever? And somebody gave, I think it was Les gave somebody gave him a piece of advice years ago saying, you know, we we were talking to someone who had been in a relationship for so many years and we were still at the beginning and they were just like you take it day by day. You get to tomorrow and then you decide, do I still want to do this? Do I still want to, you know, instead of looking at the the long run, which now, which now it's different, but um I guess because we started so early with our relationship in my life, you know, I became an adult in this relationship, basically. Um, I guess we were, I I never really thought super long-term. I mean, before I started dating him, I was really wondering if I was ever going to get married because I couldn't stay in a relationship for longer than two weeks. <laughs> and, you know, also, <laughs> well, you also just being like in college. 19. yeah. yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, being being a sophomore in college, you're just, you know, dating all these different people and you're just sick of somebody after two weeks and then the next one and you're just like, ah. But at the same time, you're dating other people that are <laughs> closer in age to you most of the time. Um, so I, for me, I I think in terms of planning and and life goals and stuff, I I was really more in the moment, really more just about the present. And so I think what really made I always knew I wanted to have kids, but um and my mom had me, I think when she was 28. Um I ended up having Lucy when I was 29. Um and I think the the turning point for us where we really decided that we wanted to have kids was post-Hamilton. It was, you know, after the year, the whirlwind, well, you know, it had been more than a year because he did The Public. And even leading up to that, there were workshops and all that. We were both doing Off-Broadway at the same time when he was at The Public. I was doing a show called Invisible Thread at mm-hmm. Second Stage. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of sure, we, we just kind of knew, like, both of our shows were, were possibly going to go to Broadway this season. And we were so excited. I had been developing that show for years. It used to be called witness Uganda. And then Les had been developing Hamilton and we both were, you know, we talked about how we were in these shows that just really for once made our hearts just pump. It was just, it felt like the right shows for us. And, um, and then my show didn't go and <laughs> my show didn't get great reviews. The audiences, you know, really, really responded to it and loved it and it became like a, a fan favorite, but then, but the reviewers tore it apart. And so my show just stopped at second stage and then his show transferred to Broadway. And I kind of went through this, this really challenging phase where I was auditioning and, you know, um, not, not having the response I wanted and, then having to go at night to, you know, visit Les where people were losing their minds for this show. And we were going to events where we're in rooms where nobody knows who the hell I am and just elbowing me to the side. And I'm, you know, there with him and we're so excited and we knew how special this was and and also how lucky we were to be involved with this, this family of, of people. And um, so it was such a strange balance for me because it was one of the greatest things to happen to our family and to his career and at the same time I was feeling so unhappy and unseen and underappreciated and um and every conversation I had that year you know when it transferred to Broadway was you know people wanted to know about Hamilton people wanted to talk about Hamilton so literally every single day I was having you know as as much as i was so proud of him and loving it and sitting in the audience of the show and weeping and just you know crying even just watching people watch him on the stage but then at the same time just wishing that we had a little bit of of a balance of a break from from that stuff and so so fast forward to april of 2016 Yep, 2016, and that was when Hamilton won the Pulitzer, and it was the leading up. We were leading up to Tony season. Oh we were just revving up, <laughs> mm. and I and my birthday's in April, and my birthday was the same day that the Pulitzer oh, um, announced. <laughs> oh, <no>. oh. <laughs> and Les and I were sitting at breakfast the day before my birthday, and I just started crying. I was like, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like. I don't want to celebrate my birthday this year. I just don't want to do anything. I just want to stay home and, you know, not go out. And he was like, you got to do something. got to celebrate your birthday. Um, This is such a long story, but we're getting to it. <laughs> um, and I said, um, fine. He convinced me. He was like, you wake up tomorrow and then we'll just decide. We'll just choose somewhere in town and text your friends and then we'll just do that. And I was like, I just want to talk about the weather. I just want to like, I don't know, talk about anything normal in life. (laughs) So that morning, you know, it ended up being a really nice morning. I did a reading of of a new show at MCC that like I thought was really exciting. And so, you know, you start the day with a creative sort of push. always
2: good to be doing work on your birthday, I think. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And it hadn't, and I really hadn't been doing a lot of work at that time. So it really felt like, okay, this, okay, we're starting it off. Okay. So I said to Les, you know what? Yeah. Let's just pick a place and we'll text people and you tell, you tell our friends in in the show to come by when you guys finish. um, And then I'll just meet you there. So we texted our friends and, you know, we chose Glass House. (laughs) Good old Glass House. Good old Glass House. So we just text our friends, uh, meet at this time, and you know, blah blah blah. So um, that night, I'm at my apartment getting ready, still kind of not in the mood to do this. And I, but I, you know, put on my clothes. My a girlfriend of mine is there helping me get ready, and I put on these leather pants. And she's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, oh, "I'm not. I am not in the leather pants mood. No, <laughs> take them off. Put on some, you know, skinny jeans and." Just like, eh, it's not that kind of a night, you know? So we go to Glasshouse and we show up and we discover that Lynn's dad had bought out Glasshouse as in celebration for oh. the Pulitzer party. But because I'm in the Hamilton family, we, you know, Glasshouse knows me and they're like, come on. And they, you know, so they set us up with a table. And so, I'm there and the show hasn't even gotten out yet. So the cast isn't there, but there's creatives. My friends are showing up getting drinks and on Lynn's dad's tab, by the way, which I feel (laughs) incredibly uncomfortable about, but nobody's like (laughs) saying anything. And I'm like, what do we do? But, um, so as my friends start showing up, people are like, are you okay? (laughs) Because suddenly this birthday night that I wanted to just literally talk about anything, that had nothing to do with the business has now become about celebrating Hamilton. Um, And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm just going to sip on this whiskey and, you know, (laughs) it's going to be fine. And then one of my friends comes and he just has this way about him when he talks to me and he was like, how are you doing? And I was like, (gasps) (sighs) <sighs> I just oh. burst into tears as like Tommy Kale's walking in the door and different people are here. And I just, you know, completely lost it and had one of like my first literal nervous breakdowns, like not nervous breakdown. What's it called? Like a panic attack. I had a panic attack. My friends brought me outside across the street and I'm just sobbing and crying. And, and I didn't even know fully where this was coming from, you know, but I just, I was like, I got to out of here so we you know they were like okay we're changing we're changing venues we're going and you know this is all very dramatic especially when you don't have all the backstories of like the other things that were going on at the same time of all this but it it really was just indicative of where i was mentally in headspace and so it was a very dramatic night all i wanted to do was go home and cry in a ball but my friends are so amazing and wonderful and lifted me up and and then we all ended up you know having a nice night but I knew after that that I needed to fly home to LA and just take a break. So went to LA, spent some time with family. My sister and I went to Disneyland. And while we were there, just seeing families with their kids, was. it just was like, oh, maybe it's because I'm ready for something different right now in life. And so I think that was kind of the turning point. We realized after I had gotten back I don't know. You'll have to edit this because it's this such a long <laughs> no, story. <I> <laughs> <laughs> After I'd gotten back to New York, um, Les and I really recentered and reconnected, and we we decided, okay, how are we going to get through the rest of the season? We got Tony season now, and it's going to culminate with the Tony Awards, and and. I think what we realized was we need to make this night not about these nights, not about business, not about the other people that we have to, you know, network with. But, you know, this is also our lives. So it's instead of just saying, let's get through this moment, let's just get to the other side of it and then we'll fix it all. We just realized, okay. this is our lives as well. So let's try and figure out how we can enjoy this together. I mean, we've, we'd been together for so long and this was such a beautiful celebration. And, and, um, and we had done this together the whole way. So we made it that any event that we went to, especially the Tony awards, this needed to be our date night and, you know, we'll enjoy it. And, you know. network and do the things you need to do but really the first and most important thing is just like for us to be able to be present with each other and enjoy it and and celebrate it together because this this was a win for our our family and um and so that shift really allowed us to just be appreciative of the moment and celebrate it together and enjoy it. And once we had kind of gotten through all that madness, you realize you're in these rooms, you're in all the rooms that you wish where it happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, exactly. couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't resist that. Exactly. But you're just, you're in the rooms where it happened and <laughs> the rooms that you just, you dream of your whole life to be in. and, and with people, you know, celebrating you that you've, you've admired your whole life and partying with a community that now is your friend. Your there are your friends when, when you've watched them perform your whole life, you know, or you're not your whole life, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um And so we realized we got to that place. So now we're ready for a different sort of satisfaction, a different sort of thing to satisfy the heart and to mm-hmm. fulfill that need. So Les left Hamilton, And um, uh, I stopped taking birth control. (laughs) Yeah, girl. (laughs) And there we are. And And there you have
1: it. Woo, that was a really long story. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it, though. You brought up so many uh, important things. First of all, people from the outside see our world as this really glamorous thing, whether it be theater or film and TV or whatever, but the pressures that exist in all those situations are so intense. You know, like you're talking about getting through award season and all of that, but also being the partner of someone who's experiencing that and you are in the same industry and you're Mm -hmm. not the one who's experiencing it. There is so much validity to what you spoke about. And even like, I remember just starting out and my husband and I opened Broadway shows around the same time. We weren't Mm -hmm. Married at that point, but mine closed and his stayed open for another year and a half. And I remember not really having any confidence and not feeling like I belonged in that world because I had only been there for like two months, you know, and even going to his theater every night. I mean, I was 23, I was young and I didn't know who I was yet. But I, when you were speaking about that, I just remember that feeling of being like, no one in this room cares who I am. Mm -hmm. And it's, but it's because I wasn't Secure or confident yet, for right. sure. Um, right. But it. But what you brought up, I think. I, I think a lot of our listeners will be able to relate to, um, in just kind of uh, figuring out how this business can. <laughs> can break you, but also lift you up at the same time. <laughs> right.
2: I mean, and and not just like people who are in our business, but I'm thinking about, you know, the women and the mothers who stop working, who who do stop their careers to be stay-at-home moms mm-hmm. and and the struggles that come with that, seeing your partner continue to go out in the world and have an identity other than parent, you know? Yeah. And um, so I do think there's a lot to that. And I think it's really easy, you know, a lot of people who maybe aren't in our industry, it's easy to assume or hear us speak in this way and think like, well, what do you have to complain about? Right. But, and, it, and it's true. Like these are really beautiful moments and nights and yes, award seasons are fantastic, but there are real life problems, issues, um, mm-hmm. and emotions that come along with that. It's just on a different level, you know, and it's not mm-hmm. to take away from those times. I love that you guys, I, Eric and I talk about that, about like having them be date nights because it's like (laughs) free drinks, free food, you get dressed up, (laughs) like let's just enjoy it for ourselves, you know, but getting to that point was a very real thing, you know, I, and thank you for sharing that. Cause I, I do think that's an insight that we don't often hear about in a, in a very honest way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take away you know how proud you are of your partner and how supportive you are and all that but you still there's still especially if you're a performer there's there is a there's a deep desire to at least just be seen and heard yes and um and also just to like be able to to do what you love and so yeah. it doesn't having those feelings i realize doesn't take away from from the positive and from from you being a good partner but you're allowed to you know feel those yeah. things at the same time
2: we're gonna take a quick break don't go anywhere we'll be right back hello it is ryan
1: and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing Welcome back. You're listening to our conversation with Nicolette Robinson. Yeah,
0: so we just dove into to that, and I, um, <laughs> and I, I just decided, you know, we'll figure out my career stuff soon. But I, th- I think my heart was just ready for for being a mom. To be yeah. a mom.
2: Well, I think, know? and I get that, Cara. I, rem- I mean, Kara will remember this moment in the dressing room at Jersey Boys that I had, where I was like something's got to give. I either have to book a principal and a show or I'm having a baby. Like
1: I, I
2: got to that point where I was just, you know, and I was in my mid thirties and my husband's eight years older, similar age difference to you guys. And he was over 40 and I was like, okay, something's got to give because for myself, I'm stuck in this rut. So I either have to have a really big moment in my career, which didn't happen, or I have a baby, and I had a baby. So. There you go, <laughs> there you go. No, I mean um, same. Yeah, same. I. And then you had your moment. I mean, yes. You? I mean. Yeah, you, you have your TV stuff, but the, I just got goosebumps actually when I just said that mm. because you, you had such a huge moment with Waitress. So you were the first uh, BIPOC to portray Jenna. I mean, a woman mm. of color to play Jenna in Waitress to portray that role. You were also, which I love, <laughs> you were the first mom to actually play this role. And I, you know, I this is backstory that we'll probably have to (laughs) edit, but my husband did all (laughs) the readings of Waitress Mm. in the beginning. He, I saw the reading before they went to ART. Um, Mm. He was, you know, um, Cal and original company. And I saw that reading when Elliot was three months old. Mm. And I sobbed in that room um, hearing uh, Sarah Bareilles put words to what i was feeling so mm. so well and it's such a beautiful show and that's a role that i connected with in a way you know that we haven't before and and i adore it and so i i love i would love to hear about the experience for you as a mom like coming oh yeah show well you know i adore miss jesse mueller and you know mm-hmm. my, but to connect particularly in that scene um after after you have the baby and you're and, you know, we were both born today. Oh my God. My. That oh, wouldn't yeah. be any more true.
0: Oh because- God. Oh, I God. remember being in the final callback for that in front of Sarah and, and all of like the whole team. Diane was the only one who wasn't there cause she was in tech, but I remember saying to them, I was like, <laughs> they had me sing, you know, a bunch of the songs out, like mm-hmm. almost all of them. And, um, I remember before they wanted me to sing everything changes. I was like, I don't know how I said to Sarah, I don't know how you got through this song. <laughs> and she was like, she jokingly said, it's because I knew that the show was about to end and I'd get to rest. <laughs> so <laughs> um, but um but I I just remember, you know, not ever being able to get through that song without just crying the whole. Yeah time as a mom because it really, she's just spoke so beautifully and so honestly and so perfectly and eloquently to the experience of motherhood that I just, um, yeah, I've, I've been in love with that show since the beginning. I mean, I've told this story before, so I'll do a really truncated version since I just talked to you guys for at least five minutes straight (laughs) 10 minutes probably um but you know i saw the original cast i saw your hubby i saw all of them and i i took myself on a date night and um Uh, went and sat in the front row mezzanine of the show and just cried. And this was before I had a baby. This was, this was during Hamilton. Actually this was while Hamilton was on Broadway and I was unemployed and just took myself on a date night, fell in love with the music. I've always been Sarah Brella's fan. She's just, you know, I I just know all of her music. (laughs) Um, And I immediately got the cast album and just fell in love with it and Throughout that whole year, um, you know, post-Hamilton, as I was newly pregnant and um, starting this journey, I I started listening to the cast album all the time. And I had a really, really challenging pregnancy emotionally because we thought that when Leslie left Hamilton, we'd suddenly—things would, like, calm down and we'd have time. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what— what nope. in us thought that? But you nope. know, we just really didn't understand, you know, the pulse of this thing, then how it was gonna push skyrocket him forward, which was which such is a blessing. Amazing,
2: right? Yeah. Such a but blessing. Also, no yeah. time to breathe. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, he immediately started doing concerts all over the country and then, you know, booked movies and all the things and so he was gone for more than half of my pregnancy. He was just in and out of town, you know, for the beginning he would be, uh, you know, gone 5 days of the week in different um states like traveling and and then and then as we got a little later, that's when we decided to move back to LA cuz he was just gone so much and I wanted to be closer to my family. And then he booked a movie that shot in Europe. <laughs> and um, so I went and spent about a almost a month there with him um, when I was in my second trimester. But um, it just, I I couldn't do the whole time out there. And so he was really gone for more than half of my pregnancy. And I really, really, really struggled emotionally with that. And I, you know cried so so I mean we all cry when we're pregnant because of the hormones but I <laughs> I definitely cried probably more than than an average pregnant pregnant woman should and I um started listening to the cast album of waitress daily and I would do it to get a good cry out I'd put on she used to be mine or I'd put on other things I'd I'd have it in you know a playlist nightly when I'd take my bath at the end of the night as as your body is just huge and aching. And I mean, most of the songs on that playlist for my, my bath time playlist was from Waitress. And I would just sing it all the time, sing it to Lucy in my belly. And, and I sang it so much that um, when she came out and she was a newborn, if we put the music on, she would shift as a newborn in a way that was like she knows she knows this music, she <laughs> recognizes it, which was so crazy. Mm-hmm. but um, yeah, that that cast album was was healing for me. it was it was part of what got me through that time. And so cut to literally a year. well, I should also say that when I saw the show, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the role of Jenna and I loved Jesse in the role and I but I'd never envisioned myself playing that role. It was just not an option for me. I just, you know, Jesse Mueller is playing that role. They're never going to cast a black woman to play this character. So it was just truly out of like love and appreciation for this piece that I've, you know, it was, there was no ulterior mom- motives of me like playing it one day. So but, girl, I, but I would
2: manifested that. Honey. Uh, yeah.
0: Ooh, it, I mean, if there ever. is ever, if there is ever a story of manifesting. So I would sing this, I would sing, you know, a soft place to land and different songs to Lucy before bed all the time, like soft place to land. I'd sing to her almost every night before bed, cut to a year later on, on Lucy's first birthday. I had to fly to New York for my final callback
2: <laughs> for Jenna. I love that
0: scene. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And it was just such confirmation. It was such, I mean, I, I mean, it, and I truly was like, this is not real life. You this can't miss not, your destiny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so every, when I booked that and, and, you don't ever really hear this story when you, when you come out of an audition that like, you know, you sometimes see it on TV where like they tell the person in the room that you got the job (laughs) (laughs) and that's so not a thing. But, but Barry Weisler came out after, after my final callback for waitress and he came out and he was like, we'd love for you to play this role. And I was like, are you kidding me? And I just started crying and hugged. I was like, can I hug you? (laughs) Just um, like at Telsey Just, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) <laughs> right. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, um, and so I, from that moment forward, I, I just knew that this, there, w- there was nothing about this moment that I could not be like fully present and grateful and, and just that I just needed to enjoy every ounce of this experience. Mm-hmm. And I really, really did. It was just the most, it was the most beautiful amazing experience both on and off the stage and the most cathartic too, to be able to I'm sure. <laughs> live that every night. And, um, and then the way that the fans and the community embraced me, I was just, I, I can cry now just talking about it and thinking about it. Best year of my life did and you, best
2: experience. Ever. Did you feel any, um, did you feel pressure being, a black woman in the first, like, I mean, because now the conversation has become a, a very real one within our community, right. As it, as it yeah. needs to be and should be. Um, but bef- so when you did the role, what was that two years ago now, maybe, mm-hmm. um, stuff was starting to happen, but there really wasn't a conversation, uh, yeah. within the Broadway community about, um, I don't want to say colorblind casting, just being open right. to anyone playing a role. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, um, yeah. And so, did you feel once that happened? Because I know it was a huge deal. It really was. You know, I mean,
0: yeah.
2: We love the mom aspect, but even more so is that a woman of color was playing a role that, like you said, you saw the show and never sort of even envisioned it for your never. Um, yeah. So, did you feel pressure to? to speak to that or to, to, to carry that, did it feel heavy for you or was it just the response was so great that it was.
0: Yeah. I mean, there was definitely, I felt an enormous amount of responsibility, but there was no heaviness. It was the, the way, because there was so much love surrounding it all and from everyone I mean people were just I mean it there was it was scary it was definitely like I've never been more nervous about anything in my life than that opening night and especially like the way that show opens where you literally have to stand right, right in front behind the curtain and it rises on you and then you just hear the audience applaud before you even open your mouth like I was oh my god it's I, I like oh, wasn't sure if I was going to throw up that day or just like cry or, and I also wasn't sure if I was going to cry through the whole thing because I really felt so uplifted. I mean, there wasn't any heaviness because like, everybody was just so happy Yeah, for, the, for, for all of us for mm-hmm. this moment to be happening. It wasn't, it wasn't about me. That moment was just, it wasn't even about, it, it was about so much more than just me and my experience with that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, it That's was, awesome. It was just a beautiful, well, and, special thing.
2: That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, that was a beautiful company too. I mean, knowing yeah. them and knowing even the creatives and Sarah and Diane and Jesse Nelson, everyone, like that's yeah. just, it's a, it was a great, it was a great company to be a part of in general. So it I, really
0: was, it really was
2: any less of the uplifting. That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds yeah. incredible.
0: <laughs> and like yeah sing Oh yeah and and yes just like to touch on the mom part too that you guys can relate to I mean to to be able to to sing that that final you know moment every night was was probably one of my favorites i mean choose to be mine is definitely like as a performer it's just like yeah. you're on stage by yourself you're singing one of the best songs that has been written i think in my opinion for for musical theater that is special but then also to to live that moment every night especially after the journey and the roller coaster that you go on and both in the show. And then also in, in our lives as moms, we're just on roller coasters in general. And so to be able to live that, you know, it was, um, one of my favorite parts. And I just cried through the whole thing and I learned how to cry and sing through
2: <laughs> my, you know, very real. skill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. um, well, and then now here we are, right. I here mean, we are. here we are in a shutdown. Mm-hmm. No theater, no Broadway is happening. Mm. Speaking Um, of roller coaster, we are on one daily. daily. On the daily. (laughs) Um, But you and Leslie have, I mean, you created something. You know, so many artists right now are feeling, especially I think in the beginning, well, Kara and I have spoken to it, that we were sort of paralyzed. We didn't want to create, we didn't want to do anything in the beginning. Yeah. Um, And now we're starting to come out of that as we especially see that this is going to go on for a while. Um, But you guys... Took what was happening in real life and executive produced mm-hmm. and starred in Love and <laughs> the Time of Corona, which apparently this is one of Kara's favorite books.
1: Love and the Time of one, of I the love, love the Time of Cholera, my favorite uh, book. So, yes. when I saw the title, I was like, oh, the skin on, <laughs> on my fave." Yes, Marquez. But- how how i mean what was this like for you not only the inception of the idea mm-hmm. but putting it into action during the time of such severe restrictions and and fear even.
0: yeah well i have to say it wasn't our initial idea you know the, we were approached it, it's really interesting how it came about because um we each got offers from our team um saying okay freeforms doing this new show and they want their characters to be quarantining together and they've offered to you guys they sent and i you know a little snippet of what the show is and then an idea of what your storyline will be and when the, when my agent's called with it i was like so not in the headspace for it because you know also George I think George Floyd had just been murdered the, like days before it was like just that last week yeah. and so I couldn't even really process the idea of of working and um and Nick Cordero was really sick still at the time like he was he was really on his decline and it was he's a heavy, dear friend heavy, heavy time. yeah yeah and so it was yeah very heavy so at first I was like probably this is probably going to be a no but we read we read it and we read their you know idea of what the storyline was and originally they wanted me and him to play a couple that just met online dating and went on three dates and then decide to quarantine together and we were like okay let's they, they wanted to Zoom with us. So we were like, let's take this meeting with Freeform and with the creator, Joanna Johnson. And they talked to us and they were like, we want to really focus on love in this time. We want to, we know that there's a lot of heaviness around this time, but we want to recognize the moments that there are connections and people are, you know, finding love in different ways. And, and we really liked that idea because we need that right now, you yeah, know? For sure but at the same time we were like but we can't we can't really do this storyline and we can't really we can't at this moment make make art that is not speaking authentically and importantly to this to this moment that we're in so we said to them listen if you guys want us to do it we would love to we have some ideas of a different storyline we could do that feels a little more similar to ours and you know, we've been together for 12 years. We have no interest right now in pretending that we're just meeting for the first time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it just 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 that was not where we wanted to go, you know, creatively, especially if we're gonna work together on TV for the first time together. Um so we got off the phone with them and we wrote up some outlines and some ideas, and a lot of them were things that we had gone through and and we also, you know, and a lot of it was centered around how you know the the stuff going on in the streets you know with black lives matter really affected our family and um and they loved it and they were like okay let's do this so that's kind of when we became executive producers cuz we ended up essentially like helping them write our storyline and we would it was this beautiful collaborative process where we would have a zoom with the writers room and the creator and we would talk to them and we would tell them our ideas and they would kind of bounce ideas off of us then they'd send us a script and then we would edit and sometimes we would you know make huge changes like literally writing the lines and then sometimes we'd just give sort of um you know uh thematic uh notes and it was such a beautiful collaboration and so we ended up really creating something that we felt proud of in this moment we felt like you know it feels authentic it feels you know um Like, we're not just being silent in this moment. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. So it ended up being, I mean, and we were so grateful that, like, and lucky that Freeform has such beautiful, amazing resources. And it ended up looking really beautiful. It didn't just look like we were shooting something on our computer or whatever. (laughs) And, um, yeah, it, uh, I guess that's kind of how it came about. And then here we are. (laughs) That's amazing. Where was,
2: (laughs) my my question, where was this? (laughs)
0: Where was Lucy?
2: <laughs> Where Lucy was not
0: she? here. She was at my mom's house. <laughs> Thank God. We we are very, very blessed in the sense, and part of the reason we ended up getting this house is because it's a five-minute walk from <gasps> my parents' house. Oh,
1: so that's incredible. Oh, so, <laughs> yes.
0: those are dreams. <laughs> dreams. Truly dreams. And we wouldn't be able to do any of this if that if we didn't have that. And so yeah, Lucy had some some great sleepovers at grandma yeah. and granddaddy's <laughs> house that week because if we had a 3-year-old at this house it would have taken a month to film as opposed to the 3 days that we had
1: oh my god so did you film it all on your own or did you have people coming into the house and filming it no
0: we had a we had a crew a small crew that everybody set they set up tents on our property everybody had individual tents and um they they had huge like amazing cameras two cameras that they would put in the house and we weren't allowed to be in the same space if if they were allowed one crew member in our house at a time and we had to be like on the opposite side of the house and it was very very um strict protocol but it was it felt safe and it was a small crew so you know we were all taking on different roles it felt like like making a student film or something. It felt like we were back in school, just doing a passion project. Everybody was excited to be there. Everybody knew that there was like a slight risk at everyone being there. And we were super careful, but because, because there was that risk, it just needed to be something that we were excited about that we knew was important. Um, And, and I think we all mutually felt that. So It was, it was really cool. It was, it just felt good to, I mean, what a blessing. We did not think we would be having work for, for months and months and months. And so we were also incredibly grateful to, to be working. Yeah.
2: That's amazing. And it gives hope that we can continue to create
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just be more creative and,
2: and use our voices. I mean, you guys, you were able to, you know, they approached you and then you were able to make it worthwhile and, and, you know, lend your voices to such an important cause and awareness. And.
0: Yeah. I don't think that any of us after like the accumulative mess that we've all gone through, we just, we have to move forward changed. We have to come out, emerge out of this time different than we were before we started. And I think that's that includes just being more honest and, and being more, you know, outspoken with the things that are important. You
1: Absolutely. Know? Stand yeah. up and speak out, be the change. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um I, I just love picturing you guys uh shooting in your house together and, 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 <laughs> it was and the so fact fun. that you didn't have Lucy with you. Which kind yeah. of leads us to the next question. Not yeah. that having your kids are around wonderful. But it's challenging during this time when you're in your home all the time with your kids, Mm. you're with your spouse all the time or your partner. And it's hard to keep things light and fresh and romantic. And you and Les Les are so adorable. I watched your Buzzfeed (laughs) quiz. I mean, you're just so cute. No, I
2: know. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait to go out for drinks to just like hang out. I know. Y'all are so... (laughs) You're so cute. You're adorable. <laughs> but
1: your con- yeah, and your connection is so so clear, and your your the the fun factor is there. Do you have any advice? We always ask our guests um a question, an engagement question mm. that we can ask our fans too. What are you guys doing to maintain the romance during this time? To keep, you know, th- it's a heavy time. The the world is heavy. Every day yeah. the news is heavy, and that can take a toll on all of us, and it can take a toll on our relationships. So, what are you guys doing to keep? I don't know. Keep the the love alive, the spark
0: Yeah. You know, uh, I think we got lucky. I feel like every relationship is on that roller coaster where it's like we're going up, 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 and we're in this great place. And then, you know, occasionally we go down and we're – it's just kind of that's the nature of any relationship in life. And so we happened to be – I think decidedly, we we decided, like, we want to be on this up. We want, now that we are spending this time, we either can tear each other's hair out and hate each other and probably have a divorce by the end of this time, or we can really, really make an effort to um, be more communicative and and get to know each other in a way that we haven't in a while. And so we've really just, at the start of this quarantine, just committed to... Um, growing our friendship first, I think, you know, I mean, we've, we're best friends, you know, so it's, it's kind of weird to say that, you know, when you have your partner, you you are, you already are friends, but when you're spending this much time, we just had to be, we had, we had a couple rules that we like made at the beginning, one of which was we have to be able to let things go easily, you know, Just move on from something faster than normal. We got to let it go because we're stuck in this house together and we can't, you know, try try not to stay mad at each other over stupid stuff, you know? Um, And the other one at the beginning of quarantine was like, if anyone felt like they needed to go on a walk, the other one has to go with the other person if they want, if they want company. Um, It was just way to get each other out of the house and to have, you know, different conversations than you would have in the house, just walking and enjoying nature together and, you know, so I, I, I think we got really lucky because we were on that, that incline as opposed to the decline, um, which you sometimes don't have much control over depending on what's going on in your life. But working together was really fun. And, and we just, I don't know, we've, we've, we're just trying to have more fun together. I don't really know how to like, what the advice is on that. I mean, the little things for me, I guess one specific thing, which may be inappropriate, I don't know, but you know, that we have, we, we are very lucky where we have one night a week where Lucy sleeps at my mom's house. And that happened to be That's a Tuesday night into Wednesday. Oh my God, it's huge, and so we we definitely have an advantage that is not fair for other parents, and we know it. We try not to brag about it because it is
1: really special. We celebrate that girl. You celebrate every moment.
0: And so for me, I think you know, as women, also we're we're planners, and we you know have certain ways we want the day to go, but. Letting spontaneity sort of take over has has been my friend in this. You know, if I shower in the morning and I'm, you know, getting myself ready and I come in lotioned, instead of coming in with my towel on and getting dressed in the bathroom, I'm just like, let me just waltz into the bedroom and say good morning to him. And let me hey, just hey. instead of being like, no, no, I gotta <laughs> get myself ready. I gotta, <laughs> you know, yeah. enjoy the morning that we actually have off and have some spontaneity and some fun in, in like the daytime too which has been really Nice. Oh,
2: that's, that's like <laughs> dreams. I know. <laughs> I know right? As I, as I Eric know. and I are sharing a one bedroom apartment with Elliot.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you know what? Like, get a lock on your bedroom door. <laughs> really. I mean, honestly, she'll be fine for <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> for a little not, while. Not movie. <gasps> oh, our year exactly. old is in our bed almost every night. It's like oh. one. Of, I mean, every night he's oh in our bed. It's <laughs>
2: like, uh, we, will
0: yeah. we
1: will make it through. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we will make
0: it. Oh yeah, we will. We just take it one day at a time and allow for the chaos that is this moment and um i don't know recognize the joy when it comes
2: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Mama's Talkin' Loud. Special shout-outs to Rachel Spencer Hewitt for our fabulous graphic, Kristen Anderson-Lopez, Bobby Lopez, and Justin Ward-Weber for our awesome theme song, our producers, Dory
1: Berenstein, Alan Seals, and of course, the Broadway Podcast Network for bringing us to you. If you like what you're hearing and you want to keep the conversation going, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and of course, subscribe and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in.